good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Ask Me, my personal podcast journey uh, about myself, who was recently diagnosed with Asperger's, even though it's been in the back burner for about 15 years. Um, being in my 50s and diagnosed with that um, didn't come as a surprise. It actually came as a relief. So this is um, going to be part two of raising a child with special needs. I also have a child who is on the autism spectrum, just umbrella. Uh, he is uh, child number two, 26 years old. And the first half of the podcast dealt with him as a child. Um, and then ending with his first attempt at trying to take his own life. Uh, this will deal with his second attempt, uh, attempt number three and four, I was not present for. So I can't recount the circumstances around that. I can tell you what happened, but um, they weren't successful, which is a godsend. But anyway, uh, just a quick reminder of what's transpired up until now. Uh, He was born special needs. From the second he was born, he was born as a special needs child. He was born with a club foot, which required uh, several surgeries up until the age of six to correct it. Um, He also suffered chronic ear infections starting at three weeks old. Uh, I went through three sets of tubes, um, chronic ear infections until he's about 16 or 17 years old. And for whatever reason, they have finally subsided. Um, Because of the ear infections, he suffered a speech delay, did not talk till he was past five. Uh, At the age of four, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes. He's been diagnosed with ADHD, OCD, PDD, uh, Asperger's slash autism, and bipolar level three. Uh, He has the emotional quotient of about an eight or nine year old. Um, Emotionally, just in his maturity level, just really isn't past that of a 10 year old. Um, As a result of all of these other things, he's been in speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy. Uh, No longer does any of those, but for the first 12, 13 years of his life, uh, we had all of those. Um, His first attempt at suicide was at the age of 11 by hanging himself on the swing set in the backyard. And um, so we're going to pick up from there. The Probably the worst thing that was told to me after his first attempt was don't tell anybody. That was the absolute worst piece of advice that somebody gave me. And subsequently, it was um, his dad. I was like, okay, okay, okay. But for me, that was the worst piece of advice because at that point, I didn't know what to do. Everything that I thought I knew about raising a special needs child was thrown out the window. I found myself on the floor crying a lot, sobbing a lot, just all of a sudden just letting it all go. I was very much alone in this whole aftermath. I was a stay-at-home mom for all my kids, so for the first 16, 17 years, I was a stay-at-home mom. I had pretty much no support system, um, no family in the area no friends really outside of the mothers of the other kids. Uh, It was very hard for me to connect with any of them. So I was pretty much on my own. Um, 
in between his first attempt and the second attempt, a lot of things happened to our household. Um, the recession of 2008 occurred. Uh, his first attempt happened uh, 2007, but in 2008, we pretty much lost everything over the course of a year and a half. We lost our house. Um, my husband didn't lose his <clears throat> job. He actually walked away from a six-figure job to start his own business, which I was in fully full support of. But unfortunately, with the recession, it never um, had that chance to take off. So as a result of that, we lost our home, we lost our savings, we lost our 401k, we lost our college funds for the kids. Uh, we lost everything. We ended up moving into a smaller rental house. Um, my husband at the time took a job in another state. So I lost whatever support he was giving me. And it was me to pick up all the pieces and reestablish a life in a different neighborhood with the four kids on my own. Again, I think one of the worst decisions ever, but I did the best I could. And I get it with all those changes. Um, it probably wasn't the best thing to happen to him, to my child. Um, with those changes came new behaviors, not the best behaviors. Uh, he was becoming more and more um, physically a threat. At that point, he was the same size as me. Of course, now he's much larger. Um, getting to control him physically was almost impossible. Uh, we had stairs in the new house, so he would, and I caught him a couple of times, try and trip his younger brother or sister down the stairs. Um, he thought it'd be kind of funny to push him down the last three or four steps. It was just beginning to unravel um, my parenting skills with him. I thought I had it somewhat under control again, or at least started to, but then that started to happen. He started to wander away from the house in the new neighborhood. Um, he would just go on walks throughout the neighborhood. Um, then he started walking down to the local um, convenience store and back, and then he started walking to the local um, larger department stores and coming back. Um, it wasn't until I got a phone call at two o'clock in the morning from the police department that they had my son in custody. At the time he was, ooh, I think 12 or 13. And he had actually gone to um, Walmart two o'clock in the morning and was trying to shoplift baseball cards. And they held him and they called me, went to pick him up. Um, they realized and understand that he was autistic. They realized and recognized that right away. And for that reason, did not press charges. However, they did ban him from the store for a year. Uh, it was around that time that his obsession for baseball cards um, blew up. He started to collect them, which I understand. I think every kid or every boy, every child collects something. And his was baseball cards. Um, so every once in a while, we'd buy a pack of cards. Um, but after that one night, it got to be really, really bad. And for a while, um, he would just have these meltdowns. If we went to a store and there was a baseball card display, he would just absolutely start to throw a hissy fit meltdown, crying, I want these, I want these. And now, mind you, he's a teenager, 
and he's throwing the tantrum that resembles that of a five or six year old. Um, I would have people stop and say, is everything okay? The security guards would come up, do you need help? I, no, I got this, I got this. And we'd walk back out to the car, kicking and screaming, but most of the time I got him out. Um, so his desire one day to obtain baseball cards was so bad. Um, the tantrum started, it was at home. Tantrum started crying, screaming, yelling. I want cards, I want cards, you need to take me, yada, yada, yada. He disappeared upstairs and came back downstairs with an electrical cord wrapped around his neck. And he started pulling on it and telling me that if I didn't take him to get cards, he was going to kill himself. He was going to keep pulling on it until he passed out. And that took about 45 minutes to talk him off that ledge. And all the time he's pulling on this cord. And if I approached him, he'd pull harder. His face was turning red. Um, there was just a lot emotionally going on. So when I finally talked him off that ledge of trying to take his own life over baseball cards, um, got the cord off his neck. Of course, there was bruising and ligature marks all around his neck. And, and for that reason, I kept him home from school for the next couple of days until it cleared up or started to clear up. And I just, I didn't know what to do. But I wasn't listening to that same piece of advice that was given to me the first time as far as keeping my mouth shut. So I went through the whole house and anything I found that I thought could be tied around his neck and used in that fashion again, I basically confiscated and threw out. So electrical cords, string, um, rope, uh, bungee cords, anything went in a bag and went in the trash because I was not going to try and get through that again. Um, once again, I found myself curled up in a ball, crying, sobbing, not knowing what to do. Everything that I had retaught myself to parent this special needs child again went out the door. Um, the new script that I was following that I thought would work was no longer valid. And I had to start over again. But this time I didn't listen to the advice. I made an appointment with his neuropsychiatrist that we were seeing at the time and the three of us went in both parents and him we went in to see him told him what had happened and at the end of the hour-long session he the doctor looked us both in the face and said okay well you realize now what we have to do and I I, I kind of knew but I didn't believe it to be true because I figured it was under control it hadn't happened um, you know we talked him off the ledge but uh, the inevitable happened and he had to be checked into a mental health facility inpatient facility for children teenagers uh, for a minimum of 72 hours and I lost it right then and there 
the sense of failure as a parent, as a mom, as a human being just overwhelmed me because I saw that as another, um, another sense of failure in my life. So he was admitted, ad, admitted for 72 hours. It actually ended up being a week to the mental health facility here in town in one of the worst areas of town you could possibly set this place up in. Um, the worst week of my life, they did have daily visits available to them for an hour every day. So for an hour we went down there and we'd sit with them and talk with them and how's it going. And I knew that was not the place for him. It, he's a special needs child with type 1 diabetes they were not prepared for that they were not prepared for somebody with autism to show up there um, they basically wandered around that facility except for a couple of hours a day where they had group therapy or group whatever they did I, I don't I still don't even know but each time we went down there he cried and begged mom please bring me home please I'm sorry it won't happen again please I just want to go home and you know that's not possible. So you explain to him that it's going to be over and he'll be home in, you know, three days, two days. He'll be home tomorrow. And I don't know, for those of you, if you've ever been in one of those facilities or not, but while you're trying to remain patient and positive and upbeat for your child, encouraging him to, you know, it's going to be okay, we're going to get through this, he'll be home soon, you're also sitting there listening to the screaming of the other kids. Just screaming for their mommy or their dad. Um, crying. And the occasional thuds of their heads up against the wall. Or them slamming their bodies against the wall to the floor. And I will never forget some of those screams um, calling out for their mommy, 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 I want my mommy. And I can remember sitting there thinking how many of these kids are going to be able to go home and to open arms to parents encouraging them that it's going to be okay. Um, that was probably one of the hardest weeks emotionally to stay upbeat and positive for a child who didn't understand why he was there again like I said he was in his teens but he had the emotional IQ of an eight or nine year old so it was really hard to comfort that but we got him home and um, we went through uh, more therapies weekly sessions um, they altered his medications it seemed to work for a long time and I'm so grateful for that um, I had to start over again in uh, parenting the special needs child in him it was hard initially because at that point I realized that I can't just focus 24-7 on him I had three other children that also needed uh, parenting and when he came home my attitude had to shift and change to accommodate the other three. 
Does that mean I ignored him? No, but it meant I had to alter my thinking. Um, one of the other three kids brought it to my attention that mom, he always gets everything he asks for. He always throws these tantrums and in the end you give him what he wants. And that was really hard to acknowledge, but I got it. And um, I had to change from there on out. So my attention was not always 100% him. It, it went down to 25%, with the other 75% being trying to be as equally dispersed to the others as possible. To this day, emotionally, I am probably more distant than I was at that point. Um, I know that every time he calls me, he's asking me for something. He lives with his dad now, but every time he calls me, it's for something. It's just he wants me to buy him something. He wants me to go online and buy him something or take him somewhere and buy something. He just he wants something materially for me. Materially? Anyway... It's because he wants something. It's not because he wants to hang out or come over. Um, not without an underlying reason. So he will come over. He will stay the night. But when he stays the night, he's ready to go back to his dad's by 8 o'clock the next morning. It's because I have rules and a regimen for him. And he's not accustomed to that. And he doesn't like it. And... Um, in an effort to try and raise a productive special needs person and adults now that's what he really needs so from one special needs person to another um, I understand we're both Asperger's but he's at a different level I understand um, emotionally where he's coming from and I think that helps a lot in parenting um his dad is not. He doesn't understand what that's like to be on the spectrum. And I think that kind of hurts my child in the long run because there isn't that regimen, there isn't that schedule, there isn't that level of expectations. I think we all need to be a productive adult, whether you're on the spectrum or not. But I know for me, I have my own regimen. I have, you know, my schedule. I have things that I know I need to do every day to be a productive human being. Um, some people just wake up and they do it automatically. And there are most days where I have to write it out and follow it. Um, I like seeing things visually. I like lists. It helps me. It helps me be productive um, during the day and during the week. Some people find it annoying, but... Anyway, I thought I'd just catch up with um, parenting a special needs child when you're special needs yourself. I don't consider myself to be that special needs, that it needs to be um, acknowledged all the time. I don't tell many people um, because it's just who I am. Yes, I'm weird. I'm quirky. I am precise to a fault, I guess. I don't know. I am very much an introvert. It's hard for me to socialize, but that's okay. I've grown accustomed to it. I actually kind of like it. 
So, but I appreciate, I got a ton of questions and comments about the first half of this podcast in regards to my son and raising him and how'd you do this and what about that and how'd you deal with this. Um, I've now learned that with him, there was no parenting script I could have possibly followed to get through all of this. There, 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 there just isn't one when it comes to parenting a child with needs. Um, so I, any script that I had, I threw it out the door. I basically have started from scratch again for about the third or fourth time. But that's okay. And I just I wanted to let you guys know that there is no one script to follow when it comes to parenting any type of child. There just isn't one. You just have to figure it out and work um, work with what works for you. Some kids need a more regimen scheduled setting. Others are pretty much content and independent. And you have to learn to pick your battles. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, my son's probably got 10,000 baseball cards. Does it bother me? No, not anymore. It makes him happy. It makes him happy to look at baseball cards and read about them. He's very, um, you can ask him a fact about anybody, and he will throw at least one fact out about any baseball player. Minor league, major league, 1970s, 1990s, current day, rookies, it doesn't matter. He, um, it's amazing what, um, what he holds in his head, in his mind. Brilliant. He's just, he's got a brilliant beauty about him. I, I don't know how else to explain it. But anyway, thanks again for the comments and questions. You know, keep them coming. If there's something else you want to talk about, uh, if you want something to ask me about, whether you're on the spectrum yourself or not, you know, don't be afraid. Um, it's what I always tell my kids. It never hurts to ask a question because what's the worst that can happen? So just, you know, hang in there. Um, I guess that's it. So hopefully I'll be updating a little sooner than a month out. It took me a really, really long time to gather the strength to talk about this again. Um, I don't think about it that often because it's in the past and it, it really, really upsets me to think about it as you could probably hear in my voice today as well. So thank you. And until next time, enjoy Ask Me, um, Listen to all my previous episodes and take care. Thank you.